Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today, I'm speaking with Alan Zweibel and Adam Mansbach about their new middle grade novel, Benjamin Franklin, Huge Pain in My, in which Franklin Ike Saturday writes a letter to his namesake, Benjamin Franklin, for a school project and is surprised to get a letter back from the founding father in return. Their exchange leads to trouble in both the past and the present, and might even have implications for America's future. The book is being published in September by Disney Hyperion, which is sponsoring this podcast. Alan Zweibel has worked across the entertainment landscape as one of the original writers of Saturday Night Live, a writer of shows both on and off Broadway, and the author of books for children and adults, including the novel North, which was adapted into a film in 1994, and the picture book Archery Named Steve. Thanks for speaking with me, Alan. Thanks for having me. Adam Mansbach is the best-selling author of Go the F to Sleep, a profane picture book for adults, and its follow-up, You Have to Effing Eat, as well as several adult novels, including Rage is Back and Angry Black White Boy. Thanks for being here, Adam. Thank you. Alan, so I'll start with you. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, you've written books for, for children before, but it has been a while. It looks like uh, maybe 10 years since Our Tree Named Steve. Uh, how and why did you decide to return to it? Because I met Adam, and it took me back to a very immature place. So I figured, um, why not give this another shot? Uh, you know, writing for kids, I mean, I'm a grandfather now, and, um, and I got so much pleasure out of writing Our Tree Named Steve and the reception that it's gotten over these past 10 years. So when Adam and I met each other a few years ago, we wanted to write with each other, and I don't believe that we set out to write a kid's book. Adam, if I remember correctly, we wanted to write with each other. We decided that because we were we lived on opposite sides of the country that we would do some sort of a correspondence. And, it end, and if it ended up being a correspondence between Benjamin Franklin and, let's say, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, then it would have been an adult book. It just so happened it was a kid, and then it just took us into that category. Uh, Adam, does that sound... Uh how you remember it? Yeah. I, you know, when Alan and I met, which was at a book festival in Tucson, I think I threw a spitball at him from a table across the room uh, <laughs> is, is how we met. Uh, yeah, the idea to write together came pretty quickly. By the end of that weekend, we had spent some time and seemed to appreciate each other's sensibilities, um, by which I mean puerile, juvenile, <laughs> you know, slow. Um, and so the idea of an epistolary novel appealed to us, but there wasn't at the beginning, uh, necessarily a genre in mind. We, I think the idea of a historical figure came to us first, and that seemed to necessitate time travel, so we came up with a time travel mechanism. And then the next thing we knew, we had a 13-year-old protagonist. So we kind of just wrote. You know, we, we wrote about 150 pages before we showed it to our respective agents. And I don't think either one of us had a genre in mind, nor did either one of us had a, have a particularly good grasp on the rules or conventions of these various genres. We thought maybe it was young adult. I don't think either of us was entirely conversant with what middle grades, or as Alan likes to call it, middle ages uh, literature <laughs> was. So, you know, only when we took it out and tried to sell it did we begin, you know, 
formatting it so that it was at least marginally appropriate for the age group that we had been told we were writing for. Uh-huh. Alan, was it, um, was it your agents who sort of came back to you and was like, this is really a children's book? How did you sort of end up shaping it, and at what point did you realize? Well, well once we decided that uh, one of the letter writers was going to be a 13-year-old boy, we pretty much knew, like Adam just said, that it was going to be uh, you know, targeted towards a younger audience. And as Adam said, you know, we thought young adult. Um, it was, I believe it was the editor over at Hyperion, Emily Meehan, who had suggested that uh, it was uh, uh, middle grade. I, quite frankly, I didn't even know there was such a category. Mm-hmm. So I thought that young adult was anybody who wasn't an adult. <laughs> so I didn't know <laughs> that there was like a subset in there. Mm-hmm. So it, it came from our editor, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Adam, you mentioned the epistolary kind of format. Did did you guys start the book written purely through letters? How did it evolve? Because I know that you've asked, you have some more conventional chapters in this book now too. Yeah, it started purely through letters. And then as the narrative evolved, it began to make sense that some information was conveyed through more of a journal format. Not everything that Ike wrote made sense to be a missive to Ben. But initially, it was mostly letters. And also, initially, we just wrote very freely. You know, we just sort of wrote these letters and tried to see where it would take us. And we didn't really talk outside of the letters. And Alan and I didn't see each other again in person until the book was finished. So there was this funny thing of, in some ways, getting to know each other through the process of writing this book and through these alter egos, one of whom was 13 and the other of whom was, you know, 237. Hmm. Uh, so, Alan, did you guys, were you each responsible for, for different characters, different letters then? Is that how it worked? Well, yeah. Um, Adam had uh, Ike's voice down pat, okay? And um, he's younger than I am. And it saddens me to say that I'm closer in age to Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I was Benjamin Franklin. So, it was, uh, that's how we divided it up. So, it was pure letter writing uh, in, in those voices. Plus, since it's very much Ike's story and it's his voice, any narrative that's in there I- explaining his situation, explaining about his girlfriend, Claire, any of that, that also came from Adam because it was uh, the voice of uh, Ike. Hmm. And uh, Alan, to stick with you for a minute, uh, sure. you know, putting aside the, the time-traveling letters for a minute, I mean, did your middle school life look at all like Ike's? Is there, was this a fun time to look back on or not so much? Um, I had a great time in, in, in uh, junior high and uh, and in high school, so they were great memories for me. That being said, I think everybody's had an unrequited crush. I think everybody's at one point or another felt like an outsider. So it, it did, um, you know, it, it tapped into that a bit, but it didn't send me crying or, or long, you know, uh, or, 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 you know <laughs> or you know to my bed with my head buried in the pillow at all. But that being said. In writing Benjamin Franklin as an adult, something about Ike touched him. And it was a longing that uh, Benjamin Franklin had. It was a part of Benjamin Franklin's persona and his past that Ike appealed to. Uh, And what we did was, because Ike does feel like he's on the fringe of things in his uh, middle school, uh, we made a concerted effort to uh, have Benjamin Franklin feel similarly feeling like an outsider and an outcast and not getting along that well with the other founding fathers, just the way Ike was and with his peers. So it was on that level that the two of them connected. Hmm. And uh, Adam, how about for you? Were you uh, exercising any middle school ghosts with the book? Or? 
Uh, I also had a, you know, a reasonably good time in middle school, um, but I did draw pretty heavily on some of my experiences. There's a set piece, for example, in the book, which involves Ike and Claire and a bunch of other kids sneaking out of their houses at, you know, two in the morning, Mm -hmm. which is something that I remember doing. And, uh, I certainly remember getting caught doing, and, you know, it, it, it was fun to revisit that and remember what the stakes were and how exhilarating it was and, and, and you know, also how weird it was. Just the idea that, you know, sneaking out to congregate on a playground and basically just hang out was this elaborate and sort of, you know, life-altering activity when you're 13. I have a very good memory of being in junior high. A lot of that stuff really stands out in my mind, the absurdities of it, the indignities of it, the fact that in earth science class – all you did for an entire year was discuss whether rocks were igneous or sedimentary. So, yeah, it was fun for me to revisit that stuff, definitely. Alan, given the way you guys talked about the evolution of this book, it seems like the kind of story where a lot of jokes might have been left on the cutting room floor. Is that the case? No. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you, you kept them all in. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. What we, you know, something, the editing process. Have we begun the editing process, Adam? I, I, I know the book comes out in about four weeks. <laughs> no, Have we begun I think, editing? Uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I was just about to try to take a red pen to it because most of it makes no sense is what I, is what I realized. Look, I, I was on Google an awful lot, and I bought books about Benjamin Franklin. In fact, tried rereading his autobiography. I know more about this man than I ever thought that I would. That being said, um, you know, not strict, uh, not very, very strict attention was paid to fact where it fit our story. You know, just like most storytellers, you tell the story that you want. So when Ike is having trouble with his girlfriend, Claire, and uh, Benjamin Franklin is having difficulties with somebody who I uh, looked up and found that there was an unrequited romance where he asked the woman to marry him and she and she uh, said no. Uh, you know, that, yeah, those two, was, that was factual. But what I did was I tried to make it on his own level something that mirrored what Ike was going through so that the connection between the two of them did well for us in terms of the storytelling telling and the affection between the two characters. That said, God knows if it bore any resemblance to what actually went on between Benjamin Franklin and this woman. The book, I would say in a nutshell, there's, kind, there's, a, there's a secret war going on in the book between facts and jokes. <laughs> and uh, jokes emerge victorious time after time. And, uh, you know, Adam, you know, you, you feel like you have a sort of a, a cottage industry brewing of uh, books that, whose names cannot be uh, written or spoken in certain contexts. Uh, were there any moments along the way, certain jokes, certain things where... Uh, Emily, your editor, was just like, no, we just we can't do this, not for this age. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the first draft that we turned in, again, with no strategy around who the book was for, we just sort of wrote the book we thought we wanted to write. And a lot of this was based, my previous experience, it's funny because I'm now doing two different middle grade series, but before this book, my experience in young adult and middle grade literature consisted entirely of having a conversation at a cocktail party at the Texas Book Festival with a number of young adult authors. And, and this was several years ago. And I remember them discussing the first instance of an extremely explicit sexual act that had made its, uh, its first appearance in young adult literature. So that was my frame of reference. You know? So I thought we could get away with, with anything. 
So once we turned in the draft and once it was determined that it was a middle grades book, we had to do things like cut out, you know, the scene where Ben Franklin visits a, a, a whorehouse and, you know, there was a lot of swearing and there, was, there were drinking scenes, which we thought were acceptable uh, as long as the message was sent that, you know, drinking to excess at the age of 13 might result in throwing up to excess at the age of 13. It turns out none of that has a place in, in middle grades fiction. So, yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff did end up getting getting cut. And, you know, among all the jokes and the humor in the book, you know, there are some serious things too. But um, given that both of you have incorporated humor into your work across the years and in different ways, you know, Alan, what do you think about, like, the power of humor? And is it something that's easily kind of dismissed or overlooked? I I think that it's not given the credit that it deserves. Uh, That being said, it is a common denominator, and it is where both Adam and I live, you know, the, the, a part of our sensibility, it's part of our makeup that we come from that place where we look at things. We're both, I, I would say, semi-intelligent, but we look at the world through, you know, uh, uh, you know the eyes of somebody who sees things a little bit askew and, and, the, and in the humorous way. And I think that uh, it's much needed and um, I'm happy to uh, that I'm not as um, serious as uh, I think I should be at this age. <laughs> uh, you feel the same, Adam? Yeah. I mean, humor has always been important in my work, even in my serious work. I mean, even in the novels that I've written that are about topics like, you know, race and identity and, and family, I find that humor brings people to the table and allows them a point of entry to discuss matters that they might otherwise shrink away from. So I think, you know, whether it's a, a sort of very pointed satire or a very silly book that nonetheless has some real emotions in it, yeah, humor humor is a is an incredibly important color in my palette or tool in my toolbox. And whatever I write, it it, it finds its way in there. But it's a for me one of the most fun things about this book is to be able to just stretch out and really just mostly be doing humor. Not not using humor in service of an idea or to bring relief to a you know weighty matter, but really just humor for humor's sake is a luxury that um, I don't always get to indulge in, but it's one of my favorite things when I do. And uh, without giving away too much, uh, the ending definitely suggests that another book is on the way. Uh, Alan, are you guys uh, already at work on that? Yeah, I'd say we're about, um, what do you think, about five-eighths through it, uh, Adam? Uh, somewhere between seven sixteenths and, and five eighths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, it does suggest the sequel and we are, uh, hard at work, uh, on that. And Alan, are there other projects, uh, keeping you busy at the same time? Oh yeah. I've got a couple, I have two TV pilots and, um, I have an, uh, another book that I'm working on. Yeah. So I'm, I'm constant. I'm very lucky that I'm just constantly working. How about for you, Adam? What else are you working on? Uh, I've got a couple things in the hopper. Um, like Alan, I try to juggle a lot of projects in the hope that one of them will, uh, (laughs) be marginally successful. So, um, I'm doing another middle grade series, which I'm co-writing with Craig Robinson, which is called the first book of which is called Jake, the fake keeps it real. That's coming out. And I just wrote a screenplay for, uh, the director Vikram Gandhi. It's called Barry, and it's about Barack Obama's first year in New York City in 1981 when he transfers from Occidental. So uh, with any luck, that'll start shooting in the fall. Great. Well, uh, congratulations to both of you on on this book, and uh, thank you again for speaking with me. Thanks for having us. Once again, I've been talking with Alan Zweibel and Adam Mansbach, whose new book, Benjamin Franklin, Huge Pain in My, is being published in September by Disney. 
Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. Cast.